Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. If you're here today um, and you feel like you're on edge and uh, you feel like you can't take much more, I want you to know that uh, you're not alone. In fact, I've been really open over this series uh, about some struggles that I've had and some of the reasons for those struggles um, over the last couple years. Um, And there was a point in this journey where we were starting this church where I, I felt like I could not take on anything else. Like it was just too much. Um, there was a lot going on in our family. And when I look back, I'm like, no wonder I was struggling, but there was a lot going on. Uh, we left our home in Florida, which we loved, not just our house, but the family that we had made there at our church. And uh, we loved, I still love that place. We left it. We moved across the country. Uh, we were living, when we moved, we weren't able to live in our house that we're living in now. It wasn't ready yet. And so we had to live with another family that also had three kids. And so we had six kids, seven and under, living under the same roof. And two weeks after we moved here, or really like 10 days after we moved here, um, the pandemic starts. And so now we're living at someone else's house. She just started a job at Vanderbilt in the ICU. So, you know, once COVID hit, it went crazy and she's uh, doesn't know if she's been exposed. And we have these six kids, seven and under in the house. We've moved across. I don't have a salary yet. Uh, we're not, we're just draining our savings at this point. Uh, the, and it just makes starting the church very difficult. We finally figure out some things and we start meeting in person eventually. Then people start to leave the church and the church slowly starts to die. We started with 120 people. It whittled its way down to about 20 people. And I was in the worst physical condition of life. I had gained a lot of weight during this time. I felt like a failure. I felt stuck because we were meeting at a church on Sunday nights. We didn't want to meet on Sunday nights and we wanted to meet on Sunday mornings, but no one would let us meet there. We couldn't afford to meet places. I just felt stuck. Uh, We finally found this place where we could meet and it was like we were launching the church all over again. And so we were buying gear, we were, we were making ads, and we were inviting people, and we were the, the hustle of starting it again was getting that we were buying equipment, we were setting things up, we were practicing, oh, and we had a family we had to take care of, and a marriage to take care of. There was a lot going on in that season of our lives. And then one day, I was driving to Indianapolis, and I got to about Bowling Green, and uh, I started to have a panic attack, and my vision started to tunnel and started to get blurry. My heart was pounding, and I go to the doctor, and my heart was fine, and nothing was wrong with my heart. And uh, we started to realize that I physically didn't have anything wrong that would cause a heart attack necessarily, but I was way too stressed out, and I was on the edge of burnout. 
And I was on a point that I didn't even know I could experience because I love ministry. I love church. I love doing what we are doing right now. And so if you feel like right now that your world is going to crumble, if you feel like right now that you just can't take much more, if you feel right now that you're just on edge all the time, I want you to know you're not alone. In fact, in 2021, a survey found that U.S. workers, uh, more than half of them felt burned out as a result of their job demands. So that means that more than half of you in this room feel burned out, and it's only related to the demands of your job. Uh, That's the easy part of your life, right? Like going to work and coming home is hard, but then on top of that, you have a marriage, you have family. You have relationship issues. You have things with your house and you have all of these other things that make you feel overwhelmed and stressed out and on the edge of burnout. And so what we're going to do is uh, I want to give you some context today. We're going to talk about burnout. I want to give you some context today because burnout isn't just a result of working long hours. I think sometimes we, we associate burnout with what we do and how much we're working, but burnout is not just a result of working long hours. It's a combination of mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion. Sometimes uh, it's from multiple one of those sources, and, and it's in, co- in complicated situations. Like there's, there's social pressures, right? Like you feel like you have to be there for everyone. You, you have to to live up to their expectations. You feel like that you have to be the rock, right? Like um, you, you feel like that you have to have it all together on social media. Then, then there's financial pressure, right? Like you have to pay for this. You got to keep up with the neighbors. You got to do that. You got to pay those HOA fees. You got the car note. You have demands of life. You got a mortgage. You got the credit card bill. There's financial pressures, right? There's, there's also things like aging parents. Some of you, you're in this phase of life where your parents are getting older and they can't do the things they used to do, and you see them start to slowly deteriorate. They have health issues. Um, that, that there's a financial burden that that can bring on your family, uh, and you're starting to grieve maybe the parents that you used to have, but now that they're getting older, they might struggle a little bit. Um, for some of you, you have the pressure of health in your life, or you have a stressful work environment, or maybe you uh, are you have this guilt right? Like you're not living up to God's expectations or you're not living up to your expectations of yourself. And sometimes it just feels like it's too much. Welcome to church, everybody, right? Like we're, we're, we're getting into it today. But what's interesting to me is that if you hurt in any other way, it's not a bad thing right? Like, in fact, it's sometimes it's even cool, right? To get hurt in another way. I know when Ruben broke his arm, he was like the cool kid with the cast, right? Like he would show up and the kids would be like, that's awesome. What did you do? What, can I sign your cast? And it's almost a cool thing. But when it comes to breaking down mentally, it's something that we are ashamed of. It's something that brings us embarrassment. And, uh, and I want you to know that you can come to this place today and you don't have to be embarrassed with who you are or what you're dealing with today. You don't have to come with that. This is a safe place for you today. And so we've titled this message, Beating Burnout. Beating Burnout. And I really think that God wants to show you there's a better way for you to live your life. Let's, let's pray together. God, thank you that we can come to your word today. 
Thank you that we can come and uh, experience your presence through worship, experience your word together, some truth. And I pray that today, for those of us that feel like we can't go on, that we're on edge, that you'd help us a little bit today and help us realize that there's a better way that you have for us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... I know this is hologram Clint today, uh, but I want you to raise your hand, all right? I'm still watching, all right? I'm still watching. But if you're in here and you'd be honest and say, I'm a little bit stressed right now. It could be about anything. Come on, I want you to raise your hand. Don't be shy. Raise Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand, okay? How many of you be honest and say, I'm feeling a little bit burned out right now? It's okay. Raise your hand. It's not a big deal. Today, I want to talk about these two issues because there is a difference between stress and burnout. Some of you, you might not be burned out, but you're feeling stressed. Some of you, you're, you're more than stressed. You're, a, you're burned out right now. And so I want to give you the, the difference between stress. It's generally short-lived, and it's related to a temporary project or event. So, so stress is short-term. It's when you have that project coming up at work. Uh, it's when you have that big test that you've been studying for. Uh, it's when you know you're moving and you have to pack and unpack and, and get people to move, help you move. And um, it's when you start that new job. How about this? Holidays. We're in, no, we're in November. Can you believe we're in November? Thanksgiving is around the corner. Christmas is right after that. And you now have to, okay, now I'm a little stressed. I got some stuff to do um, before my family comes, right? But those are something that are typically temporary that are on the horizon, okay? So that's what stress is. But uh, we also have burnout. Burnout is something that is chronic. It's chronic stress that feels never-ending. So stress is something that's short-term, short-lived, but, chron- or, but burnout is chronic stress that feels never-ending. It, it's like there's no relief. There's no light at the end of a tunnel. Uh, you might even get to the point where you say, I don't even care anymore. I don't want to do this, right? Like I have no fight left in me. Uh, I feel dead inside. I feel hopeless. Why even try, right? Like some of us are, are there right now. And if you find yourself in one of these two places, either stressed or burned out, I want you to listen today because we're going to talk about a guy that dealt with burnout. He dealt with stress. He dealt with burnout. It was a guy named Elijah. I want y'all to say Elijah. Elijah, come on. Come on. Elijah. Very good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He loved God. In fact, he was like a superhero in the Bible. If the Bible had the Avengers, Elijah would be Iron Man in the Avengers. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the guy that uh, he, he had it all going on. You read about stories of him in the Bible and they're amazing. He's like a superhero and God used him in a massive way uh, in the Bible. But he had a very real problem with stress and burnout. He struggled with anxiety. He struggled with depression. He struggled with exhaustion. How many of y'all are just exhausted right now, right? He struggled with burnout. So remember, if you're struggling with these things, I want you to hear me, that doesn't make you a bad Christian. It makes you a human being that needs Jesus, just like all of us. You're not a bad Christian if you struggle with stress and burnout, anxiety, depression. That doesn't make you a bad Christian. It makes you a human being. Elijah did this. And so this guy, he was so close to God. He was an avenger in the Bible. He was a powerhouse of faith. And just to give you a glimpse of his faith, he confronted the evil king Ahab. And he told the king, hey, you're sinning against God. And guess what? God's going to bring a drought on you for three years. Now that takes 
some enormous guts. You know what I'm saying? Like that takes some big faith. And the king, if you can imagine, didn't like hearing that very much. You know, like he didn't like hearing the fact that someone confronted him personally and then said, hey, and you're also going to have a famine. Buckle up, big boy. And the king did not like that. And we don't live in a kingdom today. We live in a democracy. And kingdoms, though, if you made the king mad, he would just kill you. He would do something crazy and it would be Totally normal, right? But, but God used him in a huge way. God used, listen to this, God used ravens to bring him food and meat and bread. Uh, God used him to raise a, a widow, had a son that passed away, and God used Elijah to raise that son back to life. He stood down 850 false prophets of Baal by himself, and he even called fire down from heaven. This man, I'm telling you, he's like the Avenger. He's like Iron Man of the Bible. And I told you, he was insane, right? But something happens that would be the straw that broke the camel's back in his life. You see, the king had a wife, and her name was Jezebel. Y'all say Jezebel. That just sounds like a like a Disney villain, Jezebel, right? Like she's just mad, and she says, honey... If you can't take care of Elijah, if you can't get it done yourself, I'm going to do it for you, right? How many of y'all have ever had to do that in your house, ladies, for real? And you've had to just say, if you can't get it done, man, I'll do it myself. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. She does this, and she sends a message to Elijah, and it says, tomorrow by this time, you're going to be dead. I'm going to get you. And she essentially posts an Instagram comment with Elijah. It, it was just a comment. And I want you to think about Elijah for a moment. He experienced the nonstop protection from God. He experienced provision from God. He experienced the presence of God, the power of God. Think about the things he saw. He saw a little boy come back to life. He stood down 850 men who didn't like him and wanted to kill him. And then one really irritated Moody woman makes a threat and he falls apart. Now, ladies, I, I get it. All right? I just want to say there are, there's a look that Stephanie can give me that will make me shiver. You know, you know and, and, and I don't know what it is, but you, you, ladies, you have a power to make men. You're, you're scared sometimes with that look. You don't know what I'm talking about. Well, Elijah gets this from Jezebel and it freaks him out. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been so on edge that the tiniest little thing just sets it all off, right? And in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. But your life was just at this point where like anything would have sent you over the edge. And all she did was make a threat. And what's fascinating is that there's no evidence that she sends an army or mercenaries or ninjas or Jack Reacher to go find Elijah. That, that's not, there's no evidence of that. It was just a threat. It was just her trying to intimidate Elijah. But this is something that just gets under his skin. He crumbles under one of the Satan's most successful attacks on us, and that's the attack of fear. 
And fear will tell us, I don't have what it takes, or I can't handle this, right? And Elijah, he falls prone to that attack of fear. And I want to show you something today in this story. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 3. He says this, it says, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush. He sat under it and listened to what he prayed. He prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay under the bush and he fell asleep. Listen, stress and burnout. How do our bodies respond, right, when we're stressed, when we're burned out? According to experts, stress will often manifest itself in one of three ways. The first one is this, physical. It'll, it'll have a, you'll have a physical response in your body. You're, you're easily fatigued, right? You have low energy, difficulty sleeping. You might get headaches or muscle pains or body aches. And because of how this is making you feel in your body, you might cope by changing your eating habits or you might abuse alcohol or any other sort of substance or prescriptions or drugs. Your, your body is starting to feel different and so you change things and you might eat more and you might gain some weight or you might get hooked on something and you didn't even mean to. But stress is manifesting itself in your body in a way that you feel like you have to cope, right? So that's the first thing is, is stress comes out physically. The second one is mental. Um, ongoing stress impacts your brain. We've talked about this several times during this series. What happens is when you're stressed, your amygdala, it's the little almond-shaped thing in your brain, it actually enlarges and your prefrontal cortex shrinks, right? So your amygdala enlarges and your prefrontal cortex begins to weaken. The amygdala is the thing that fires off uh, the alarm sound when, when something is just not right, right? So something you might, you might come into a stressful situation or a scary situation and you need to respond. Well, that amygdala will get bigger and all of a sudden it'll, it'll help trigger that fight or flight mode in your brain. So that part gets bigger when you're stressed and your prefrontal cortex actually weakens. And so what that tells us is that when you're chronically stressed, you're more vulnerable to fear because the, the decision part of your brain, the part that you use to make good decisions, your, your prefrontal cortex is actually weaker and the fear part of your brain is actually getting stronger and it's actually getting larger. And so all of a sudden, when you're used, uh, where you used to be confident and very decisive, you find yourself unable to make some of the most simple decisions around because your brain is in this weird mode where everything is fearful. I'm on high alert all the time, and it's hard for you to make simple decisions. You might even battle a loss of memory or find it difficult to focus, right? Uh, some of you, that's how stress is, is showing itself in your body. So we got physical, we have mental, these are the ways stress Stress, uh, these are the ways that stress will show itself in, your, in yourself. And the, and the last thing is this, emotional. So it's going to affect you physically, mentally, and emotionally. You, you might have a loss of motivation or a chronic feeling of self-doubt or a total loss of self-confidence. You feel like a failure. You feel like you're alone. You're generally just miserable. Then you find yourself not liking your job or liking your marriage or your life or your kids. And all of a sudden it takes this emotional toll. And I just want to say, the Lord just spoke to me just now. There's some people in here 
that this is what you need to listen to. Whenever I said there's a complete lack of confidence, the Lord said, say this again to, the people, to, to your people. I want you to hear me. We don't find our confidence in ourselves. We find our confidence in God and God alone. And some of us, we're walking around today. This isn't in my notes. This isn't in my notes. Some of you, you're walking around today with a total lack of confidence and the devil is winning in your life. Man, some of us, man, we need to turn it up a little bit and go, no, 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 I can't, but God can and God is inside of me. I just want someone to know that today. That with God, you can have all the confidence in the world and you should have all the confidence in the world. You know, but when you struggle emotionally, uh, it, it affects a lot of things and you might slip into cynicism and you might become bitter. And what happens often is as a person of faith, you start to feel disconnected from God or you start blaming God because you're struggling emotionally. These are some of the symptoms that I was experiencing. I had all three of these kind of firing off in my life. Stress was coming through in all three areas, and you might be feeling the same way. Uh, I felt like that no one knew the way that I felt. You know, I, I felt like there was no end in sight. I felt like the church was, wasn't going to make it. I was embarrassed about how small our church was and didn't want to tell my friends how many people came on Sunday. There was, I felt like there was nothing to celebrate I felt like this job was quite literally could kill me, end me. And I just, I felt hopeless. So how did I get there? How do you get there? How do you get there when you start feeling stress? Like, how do you get to that point? How did I get to that point? Well, I made some of the same mistakes that Elijah made. You make some of the same mistakes that Elijah made. And these are the most common problems we see today when it comes to stress and it comes to burnout, is we make these same mistakes. I want to share with you these mistakes so that you can know, oh, man, I'm doing that right now. I need to stop. So here, here's the first one. Here's one of the first mistakes we made. We run ourselves into the ground. Come on, when you feel stressed, especially men in here, you feel stressed or burnout, you just go and go and go and go and work and work and do and do, produce, produce, go, 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 go. And you don't come up for air. And next thing you know, you've run yourself into the ground. Elijah did the same thing. It says this, Elijah was afraid and he actually ran for his life. Most of you probably aren't super familiar with the, uh, the geography of the Middle Eastern area where this all happened, I would imagine. But I want to look at where Elijah ran from and where he ran to. I want you to look at this map. He actually ran to Beersheba. Or Beersheba is what some people say. And he ran from the top of this map to, from Jezeel all the way to the bottom of this map to Beersheba. Now, how far do you think that this was? It was insane. He ran, listen to me, over a hundred miles. He ran four marathons to get away from this woman. A hundred miles. He did not have a car. Even if you had a car, that's a pretty long way. You know what I'm saying? Like he went from here to, to Crossville. Like that's insane. He, he ran a hundred miles. He did this on foot or maybe he had an animal, but he ran a hundred 
miles, four marathons, he literally ran himself into the ground. And you might be running yourself into the ground. Man, I got to go to college. I got to get a job. I got to make enough. I got to pay the bills. I'm never going to be able to buy this house. How can I afford to buy this house? How, how, how do I have passive income? I see people talk about, and then, oh my gosh, I'm, I, I, this job is so stressful. The, the house needs to be cleaned. Like all these kids, all they want to do is ruin the house all the time. And, and I got to, oh wait, the kids have sports. And then I got to take the girls to dance. And then, oh man, is it Tuesday? Tuesday's the long dance day, but the Clint can't go. So I got to, and then Oh, the pastor, uh, I'm the pa- I got to save the world. I'm the pastor. And, and all this stuff, it starts to pile up and pile up. And you find yourself just running yourself into the ground, all at the expense of your own health. Some of us, you're running yourself into the ground. And God would look at you today and just say, whoa, 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 whoa. I want you just to just take, I want you to take a big, deep breath in. Come on. Let it out. Relax your shoulders. Some of you needed that. You've been running yourself into the ground. It's the first mistake. The second one is this. We try to do it all on our own. You, you try to do it all on your own. You don't let other people in. And you try to make it without being honest and without being vulnerable and asking for help. Asking for help is not a weakness. I love this. Elijah made the same incredible mistake. It says when he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there. He went by himself, his friend, the one that he counted on, the one that's been there through everything. He left him there. You know, and, and I want to just speak honestly to you because I think some of you are in this uh, zone right now and COVID didn't help you at all. Okay. And you got used to, and if you're watching this online, I love you. I'm so thankful that we have this where you can connect when you're out of town or you're sick, but don't get too comfortable watching a service online. You need more than that. You need to be with people that love God on a regular basis. And you need to worship God on a regular basis. And you need to be in God's presence with God's people on a regular basis. You need to be at church. Man, you need to get here. Make it a priority. Make this a priority for your family, for your marriage. Iron sharpens iron. You, you have to get together for that to happen. Come on. That's why we have groups at our church. McNeil's, let me hear you. Come on now. That's why we have groups at our church. It's because we don't want you to do life alone. I, oh, this just made me so happy. A couple weeks ago at our ladies group on Wednesday nights, shout out to the ladies group on Wednesday nights. Let me hear you a little bit. Come on. They had 11 people there and they're starting to like get into stuff and talk. And you know what? It's not all just super spiritual and just, oh, no, it's real. You can bring your real stuff there. Their iron is sharpening iron at that group. Come on, men. You got to get to Matt's group on Tuesday. Get there. Get your, you and your spouse to the married group on Sunday. Young adults, come on, get there. Why? Because you, you, you're trying to do it all on your own and you're going to face stress. You're going to face burnout because that's not how God designs you. Come on, you, you need each other. You have to let people know what's going on. You got to open up a little bit. You got to talk to some people. So we, we try to, that's the second mistake. We try to do it all, all on our own. The third one is this, is we dwell on the negative. There might be a lot of good, but all we can see is what's wrong. 
right? When you get stressed or you're burned out, like you, it constantly feels like you failed. And so the only thing you can see is the stuff that's going wrong. This was the story of us when we were starting this church. I could only see what was wrong. I couldn't celebrate what was good. Elijah did the same thing. He, he said this, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. What's he doing? He's looking at those who had gone before him, right? And he's thinking, I thought I'd do more, right? Like, I thought I would be better. Uh, That's the same thing that you and I do when you start to feel negative, right? You start to compare yourself to everyone else, or I'm never going to get married. I'm always going to be in debt, right? Like, I I can't get it all done. I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to overcome this thing. I'm never going to, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Come on, you can't, God is in you and you can do it. Come on, I want to just tell you something. Those are all lies. I, I want you to hear me. And when you start to believe those lies, you're going to start getting yourself into trouble. You have to combat that negativity with the truth of God's word and say, you know what? Clint can't eat right most of the time. But God can. God can give me the strength. You know, I don't feel motivated to go work out a lot of times, but God can give me the motivation. Listen, I'm telling you, you can do the hard thing in your life and you don't have to be negative all the time. And this next part of the story of Elijah, it's so personal. I love it. It's one of the best things about God. And it's true. And not only was it true then, it's true now. It's true for you exactly where you are. God is coming to you, listen to me, the same way that he came to Elijah in this story. I want this to be a word of hope for you today. Are you ready? Come on, say I'm ready. I want this to build your faith. Listen, God initiated. God made the move. God came to him. All at once, it says, An angel touched him and said, listen, sometimes all you need is just a touch from God. Come on, sometimes all you need is just a touch from God. And the angel said, listen, he said this, hey, loser, why are you hiding under that bush, you big baby? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that, right? Like, you're afraid of that woman? I can't believe you're afraid of that woman. Or, man, if you would have prayed more. No, the angel, God is not coming to you today to get on to you and to say those things to you. No. He says, it was very practical. God initiated. God came to him first, and he says this. He says, come on, get up and eat. I'm about to set someone free today. Listen, grab a donut. Get you a bagel. Listen, he, he said he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. Come on, somebody. A jar of water. He ate and drank and then he laid back down again. Listen, the angel told him to get up and eat. And he was saying, hey, take, take care of yourself physically. And after he did that, you know what he did? This is so, he took a nap. I wanna, I, I'm being so serious right now. This doesn't sound spiritual, but I want you to hear me. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. Take time off. Go get something to eat. Take a nap. And listen, but here's the deal. Oh, 
But the moment you start doing this, the devil's going to start to tell you, you can't do that. You can't afford to do that. Like, you have to be available, right? Like, you have too much to do. And then you start to experience this false guilt on the inside, and that's a lie that the devil is telling you. I want to tell somebody today, don't let your mind bully your body. Some of you, you need to just take a time off. The world, you are not so important that the world is going to collapse while you take a nap and take a day off. It won't happen. And this is something that I feel like we can preach on. Stephanie and I, our Fridays is our day off. And you're, you've probably texted me on a Friday. And I probably have taken a really long time to reply. And that's not because I don't like you or love you. I, I do that because I need time off. And, and I need time to just take a break. And Friday is the day to, we don't produce anything. We don't, it's our Sabbath day. And, and we don't let that talk us out of, of being with our family, doing things we enjoy, and doing it guilt-free. I will take a nap almost every Friday. Love it. It's one of my favorite things. But you don't need to let this false sense of guilt talk you out of what God commanded you to do. God commanded it. You need to rest Come on, you need to take time off. You need to turn off the phone. Take that day off. Take a true vacation. Some of you, listen, listen. This is the first time you're going to feel this. You need to be still. But some of you, I recognize you need more than just rest. You need rest in a different way than you might think. Here's what I mean. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to think about it, okay? What do you need? Like, what do you need? What do you need? And some of you, you're still like, well, I need, uh, like, really, what do you need? I need food and water and shelter. No, no, no. What do you need? I want you to think about it. Go, go beyond that. What do you need? This is a hard question. I recognize for some of you to answer. Because for some of you, you don't know what you need. You're so stressed. You're so burned out. You don't really know what you need because a nap is not going to fix what you're feeling. And honestly, a vacation might not fix what you're feeling. So what do you need? I'm going to help you, okay? You need to be refilled. That's what you need. You're not just tired. You're depleted. You're not just physically tired. You are on empty. You've been on empty, and you've been stressed, and you've been burned out. You need to be refilled. You need to find what's going to help you and you need to do the thing that's actually going to help you. You need to, what replenishes your soul. For me, uh, we've had moments where like we've been really stressed. Do you know what we do? This sounds so ridiculous. It sounds not, it almost sounds it actually sounds not very spiritual. When we felt that way, you know what we do? We call Kevin and Sadie and say, "What are you doing tonight? Tomorrow night? Soon?" And we go do an escape room. Sounds ridiculous, right? But we do that because I know that if I can just get my brain unlocked from church for a second, 
or from what's going on, and I can just go have fun with some friends and do something challenging and have and laugh. Like I know that I can feel better after that. You need to find something that fills you up because you're depleted. You need to find something that fills you up. If listen, I, I want you to hear this. If you work with your mind, you need to find something to disengage your mind and engage your body. So for some of you, if you work a lot with your mind and you you're, have decision fatigue and you're just tired, you might need to go for a walk. You, you might need to go on a vacation where you can do something with your body. I, I've heard of guys, they'll do like jujitsu because when some little dude has got you curled up like a pretzel, your mind is not thinking about your job. You're thinking about, I'm going to die, right? It disconnects your mind and it engages your body, right? Um, for me, I, I also, I go to the gym and I lift weights a few times a week and I train. And when I'm doing leg press, I'm not thinking about you. I'm thinking about I'm going to die if I do another one of these reps, right? Like I disengage my mind and I engage my body. For some of you, if you work with your body, you need to disengage your body and engage your mind. You might need to read a book. You might need to go to the beach and just sit there and let the ocean just kind of replenish you a little bit and just stop and rest. But I don't know what you need, but I want you to just think and pray, what do you need? What do you need as an individual? As the, what does Clint need? What does Pastor Stephanie need? What do you need? But no matter what physically you need to do or mentally you need to do to refill your tank and to get filled up again, I can tell you something that you do need. You need an encounter with God. It's been too long for some of you. You haven't had an encounter with God. You can't remember the last time you truly just spent time with God and his word. Elijah had an encounter with God. It says this, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore through the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Listen, there was a fire. There was like a tornado. There was an earthquake. God wasn't in any of it. God wasn't in, listen, the extraordinary. He was in the ordinary. He was in a whisper. And listen, if you pay attention God will start to meet you in the ordinary while you're changing those diapers, while you're doing the dishes, while you're cleaning your kid's room or you're painting or you're going to work or you're, you're trying to love that difficult person or you're trying to pay the bills. Listen, he whispers to you in those moments. Listen, if you're overwhelmed by stress and anxiety, why does God's voice seem so quiet? Why, why does God whisper? God whispers because he's always close. I want you to hear that. He whispers because he's always close. Elijah was in the darkness of the cave, and that whisper drew him out. Listen, if you're in the darkness today, you're in despair today, you're on the edge of burnout, I want you to listen. A whisper from God might draw you out. 
Come on, if you feel brokenhearted, God is close to the brokenhearted. If you feel overwhelmed, God saves those who are crushed. If you feel hurt, you're not helpless. If you feel discouraged, you aren't without hope. If you're weak, what is what makes you weak also is what makes you strong, is what the Bible says. If you feel alone, listen, you're not abandoned. God will never leave you. And Jesus, he made an invitation to you. I want to read this to you as we wrap up today. I want to read this to you because this is Jesus' invitation. It's from the message paraphrase. I I love reading this sometimes because it it sums up what was saying. And it says this. It says in Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, Jesus says, are you tired? Are you you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I think you could also say this. Hey, are you depressed? Are you crushed by anxiety? Are you sinking into negativity? Have you been hurt or betrayed or abused? Have you experienced heartbreaking trauma? This is what Jesus is saying. Have you, are you tired? And he says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Listen, keep company with me, Jesus says. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Some of you needed that today. What do you need? Come on, what, what do you need? You may need rest. You may need a break. You may need something else, but you need an encounter with God. Come on, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. How many of you be honest and just say, Clint, like, I, I need an encounter with God today. Like, I'm stressed. I'm, come on, raise your hand. I'm burned out. I want to pray for you. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. God, I pray for these people that are raising their hand right now. Would you just flood them with peace, God? Would you help them do this with you? Would you help them come to you? Uh, would you help them be refilled again, God? Would you help them? God, help them find peace today from their stress, from their burnout. Help them today, God. But maybe you're in here today and you've never had an encounter with God ever. You don't know him. I'll tell you right now, having a relationship with Jesus is the best thing you can do. Following Jesus, you'll never regret it. Is it easy? Absolutely not. But it's worth it. Come on, if you're in here and you want to start a relationship with Jesus, I just want to invite you to just say this in your heart. Say, dear God, I invite you in. Come into my life. I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for coming back uh, from the grave. And in the best way I know how, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.